Welcome to episode 81 of the ABC and GCI Coffee Break Podcast. This is take number two. So we'd like to welcome our sponsors, Plumhouse. Plumhouse is our presenting sponsor. And Plumhouse has been around since 1973, and they are a family-run open shop general contractor specializing in multifamily construction. They believe in the marriage shop philosophy and have a strong commitment to the safety and well-being of our employees. And we cannot forget about our lightning round sponsor, Pro Park Cleaning Services. They are also a family-owned business with over 15 years' experience in the cleaning industry and services the Merrimack Valley, Boston, Mass., and Rockingham County, which is Southern Hampshire. They are committed to exceeding their expectations and understand that every space is unique, tailoring the cleaning needs to meet clients-specific needs. If you need them to reach out to them or you want to talk to them about cleaning your office or your house or your space, reach out to proparkcleaning.com or proparkcleaning at gmail.com. Uh, if you haven't figured this out already, I am not Allison Jackson. I am Mike Maloney. Uh, Allison Jackson is still on vacation, and I'm here with Kayla Rodriguez Santiago. Kayla, how are we doing in this heat? I'm all right. Can you tell I'm so sad? Allison isn't here. I'm crying. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm just kidding. This Allison, we miss you. Miss we you. hope to, to see you back here doing soon. But I know you're enjoying yourself. Like, do what you're I, doing. I don't know what happened with my eye. I got something in my eye, and I'm just. Maybe it's frost. It's a little chilly in the office. She's in the office. Could be a piece of frost. Get stuck in her eye. I'm at home, and uh, it is a sweltering 90-something degrees. No heat. No AC in the house today, so it is a hot one. Uh, This week's wacky, wild news, and I know that Kayla's going to Florida next week, is a man in southern Florida in the Everglades has pulled out a record-breaking Burmese python out of the Everglades. It's 19 feet long. Wow. Kayla, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, I thought gators were scary. Pythons, especially that big. I don't know. I don't know about that. I I love Florida and I love the heat, but anything that's like a reptile, I'm a little nervous about. <laughs> anything that has scales, yeah. I don't know about that. Don't trust it. It doesn't have any arms, right? No, 19 because... <laughs> feet, 125 pounds, right? It was like 18 eggs inside of it. it. Took a couple of guys to wrestle it out. It was, you know, killed. Those that don't know, they are non-venomous and they are an invasive species in Florida and they're in the Everglades. They believe sometime a couple of years ago, whatever, that someone put a Burmese python on there to get rid of a pet and they've just taken over the place. There's like the mammals, birds, alligators, and there's very wow. few natural predators. So Kayla, when you're on your way to down to Florida, watch where you're stepping because we don't want you to get <laughs> swallowed up by a 19 foot. He said Burmese. can't trust. Can't trust anything that doesn't have arms. Don't can't trust, trust anything trust. that can't give you a hug. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's a good quote to take away with. This week's guest is a friend of mine, Sean Shepard. He is a business coach and does some coaching for family businesses. Uh, it was great talking to him. Find him on LinkedIn. He does a lot of stuff uh, with some Massachusetts-based companies. Uh, and now we'll uh, hear from him. Welcome to the podcast, a friend of mine, Sean Shepard. Um, Sean, welcome to the podcast. And you know, for those that are just joining us here, and ta- Sean told me this before we even started, that he is from Canada, which is wonderful, but he is a Bruins fan. So we, we have connected on that piece. And I meant to ask him this before was, when did you become a Bruins fan? What, what did it for you? What made you want to become a Bruins fan? So uh, I do live in Toronto, which is not very, I'm not popular with my friends here because <laughs> the Bruins have beaten the Leafs uh, fans' hearts so many times. Um, I was a Bruins fan since I was like five or six years old. My oldest brother, and I'm dating myself here, uh, that was like the Bobby Orr, end of the Bobby Orr era. 
I was growing up, I was, I had a Ray Bork jersey um, and going to school in Canada with a Bruins jersey, it wasn't very popular, <laughs> but I've always been a lifelong Bruins fan. I just love the culture and the way they play and the team. And every year I go and see them. I've seen the Bruins in, I think, 12 different cities. And uh, yeah, that's, that was my initial connection to Boston was the Bruins. It's funny how that is, right? How sports can can tie someone together, right? And uh, you know, uh, it's much like being like 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 the Yankees fans in Boston are treated pretty poorly, right? If you're a Yankees fan and you're living in Boston, I feel bad. Sometimes we'll have a student show with Yankees, and I go, "What are you doing with that hat on? Get out of here yeah. with that hat on!" I think you're a yeah. Yankees fan around here, but uh, so th- those that don't know who Sean Shepard is, and I found him uh, through the power of LinkedIn. He is an executive coach and business strategist and keynote speaker, and what he is known for and done great with is helping and working with family-owned businesses who've already experienced a great amount of success and want to take their business to the next level without working 24-7. A lot of our ABC members are family businesses and could probably use, uh, you know, would probably like to listen to Sean and he's got a very long track record of success working with entrepreneurs across North America. Uh, Many of his clients think of him as their private Sherpa in their corner and helping them reach new heights. So Sean, tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to to do what you're doing. Yeah. So I, I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. My, uh, our family had a, a sporting good business growing up and I know all the good and, and the not so good and the, the struggles. And, um, you know, I lived through it. That was my childhood. My first jobs were, I uh, was a sporting goods store. So I was, uh, in there, learned how to sharpen skates and <laughs> take the cash at the, uh, surprise, surprise, it was mostly hockey, but I, I knew all the good and the bad of, of entrepreneurship and the struggles and to see my parents trying to figure out how to pay for everything or, or, or make payroll. And um, I always had a love of speaking and, and coaching and, and leading workshops. So uh, about 26 years ago now, man, that sounds like a long time. You don't, look, um, you, don't get, you don't look anywhere near you, but you've been out yeah, for 26 years. Jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm Benjamin Buttons, I guess. But uh, um, yeah, I went out on my own and, and started my own um, coaching and speaking business. And um, I just really thought that, you know, we, we only get one life to live and, and I want to do things that I, I love and want to help other people. And I know that sounds really cliche, but uh, went out on my own 26 years ago, was was scared and nervous, but thought that there's something to this. And, and I strongly believe in coaching. Um, the early part of my career was mostly helping big uh, international brands and companies. And, and I really loved the experience that I got with that. But there was always something inside saying, there's more because I was frustrated with bureaucracy, with politics, all of that. And, and I remember Michael <clears throat> speaking at an event in 2011 in San Francisco and walking off the stage there and, and the New York Times bestselling author who I have a ton of respect for. Um, she, she came over and said like, excellent job. And, and I asked her for advice and her one piece of advice was don't change who you are, just change your audience. And the corporate audience isn't for you. And it was funny because I couldn't sleep that night in the hotel because I was like, she's bang on, but I didn't know how to get started. And now I fast forward and, you know, it might have taken me 20 years, but I found my home and working with family owned business owners 
uh, the people that have the courage to, to open their own business and bet on themselves and um, that are honest about the struggles that they go through and, and the hardships. But um, it took me a long journey, but that's who I work with. And that's the only group that I work with now is family-owned business owners. You know, before we start recording, I, you know, I talked to Charlotte about some of the things I've done. And I've worked for some small business, family-run businesses. And I know some of the challenges I had. What is like the biggest challenge? You know, when you have a family-run business, let's say it's, you know, it's been doing it for 30 years, let's say. And how do you get that family to understand that what you're trying to teach them is, is worth it? The buy-in. So, how do you get the buy-in? Yeah, I, I, I think... It's, for me, I wouldn't even call it the buy-in because they usually call me first because they, they usually hit a point where they're working so hard and all the things that made them be in business for 10 or 20 or 15 years, the courage to do it, the willingness to do whatever it takes, to work seven days a week, to do there's no job beneath them. That ambition actually starts working against you at a certain level. Amen. Be because, you know, in the words of Marshall Goldsmith, what got you here won't get you there. And there's a point that we hit that ceiling, but we don't know what to do. That's all. And Michael, they, that's their whole life. It's so personal to them. And usually when they call, they're like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know anything about coaching. I don't know. But my friend that runs a, a family-owned business said, just call. Them. And they usually get to the point where there's maybe there's health challenges. Maybe there's challenges at home. Maybe they've just missed too many of their, their kids' Little League baseball games. Maybe they they're even when they're at home, they're not at home. They're on their phone. And how... Or they go to the restaurant with their family and they're sneaking off to the restroom to look, check at their phone. Um, so it's way beyond like just the, the dollars and cents, but they don't know what to do. They have the hard work, but they have too many nights where they get home at the end of the day and they work their butts off, but they don't know if they move the needle. And that is, is heartbreaking. And prior to us hitting record again, you've got some great ideas for three things that the small business owners, family-owned business can do right away. And yeah. what are those? What's the, like start number three. What's the number three? You think? So the there's three things that the owners and their leadership team strong, I strongly suggest to play at the peak level of always growing without burning out. Uh, there's three things, and then I'll end with the one thing that they could take action on right now. So number one is they need accountability or coaching. And yeah, surprise, surprise, the coach says coaching. <laughs> but um, I would never hire a coach that doesn't have a coach. I have two coaches personally right now. I've had coaches for the last 15 years. I wouldn't still be in business. Even if it's not a coach, somebody that they're accountable to. Because usually when you're at the top of the mountain, you're the owner, your name is on the building. Right. Who's going to give you, keep you accountable? Um, and who's going to have the courage to say, hey, maybe you're not the best at that. Or, hey, maybe you have some blind spots. So accountability and coaching is, is one that is golden with anybody in life that's playing at the highest level. You know, yeah, I, I know in Boston, you know, Tom Brady is, is a... <laughs> 
kind of <laughs> yep. bit of a hero. How many coaches do you think Tom Brady has? Right? Oh, yeah, a, a <laughs> dozens, right? I mean, even like think about Bill Belichick. Does Bill Belichick have a coach? Right? Does yeah. does yeah? I mean, Brady has a coach for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So the health, the eating, not just the not just the the right. fifteen coaches on the sidelines. So the number one is coaching accountability. Somebody outside of the business to keep them accountable. And it's not somebody within the business that has a vested interest because there's a benefit of having being outside the pickle jar. Um, I know when you had Jim Kalutis on, on your show, I think he he mentioned that you can't read the label from inside the jar. Right. right. Yep. So that's number one. Number two is they need a community of other people that get it. Right. <laughs> um, and I think I mean, Michael, this is your world. Right. <laughs> like bringing together other, they need a community that gets it because we can all relate be, being an entrepreneur, business owner that we're sitting at family dinners or we're, we're sitting and, and we're hearing about everybody talk about their jobs or complain about their jobs and, and we just can't relate. So they need a community or a peer group. And, and I know this is a, it's very similar to what, what Jim Kaluta said, yep. the power of having a peer group of other people that get it because you're not alone. The, the things, Michael, that I hear from owners and leaders in construction is they think that, oh, I'm the only one that can't sleep at night. I'm the only one that makes mistakes. I'm the only one that doesn't, can't make payroll. No, 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 we all do. Right, right? that's right. So that's number two is, is having the community that gets it. And then number three is, Having the tools to get the job done, right? Having the right tools to keep you on the field of play, playing at your peak performance. So I use a sport uh, performance model. And when you think of hockey as, hey, there's there's an ice surface, there's rules, there's offsides, there's boards, football, you have a field, you go out of bounds. You know, the thing with entrepreneurship, there's no field of play and there's no rules. So I don't want to build bureaucracy and it's and I don't like building cookie cutter because I don't believe there's one system that fits all. It's got to be personal to the business, but we need to create some structure that will give you freedom to move forward. So those are the three, the accountability or coaching, uh, the community, peer group, and then the right tools. My, again, my personal experience, I've worked for some small businesses and it was funny. I did work for a company one time and he had a coach and he had to sit down with his, he had a business coach and a life coach. And this person was to me just horrible. Just, I don't know why he had us talk to coaches. I don't know what he was doing, but even the coach was like, yep, he is a, he's a great businessman, but not a good business owner. Right. Right. And like you said, it was his business. It was like his, it was like his child. It was like his baby. Right. He, he grew it from nothing to a, a pretty big company. Right. And, but he had, had nobody around him. He had no tools to use. He had no operations people. He, he didn't trust anybody. Have you ever had someone that just didn't get it and then got it? Um, I, I think most of the people yeah. do, but the, most of the people, when they call me, they've gotten to a level of frustration where they don't know what to do. They, they've got to a place where there's going to be some costs if they don't change. They, what's the cost of not taking action? 
And I only work with invite and referral only. It's a very small boutique coaching business. Good. So then they're not actually seeking me out. They're going through somebody that's already worked with me and, and they're asking them. And then the first call to me is usually like, how do we get started? And, and it's funny because there's one particular person that called me because another client that they respected. And the first call, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like he was ready at his credit card ready. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. Because I strongly believe there has to be a good fit. Like Belichick's a great coach for certain players and not right. for others. I'm not the, the be all and end all for every single business. Um, so I, I think there's a self-awareness that they can't keep going and doing what they're doing. And it takes a lot of courage to ask for help. Anybody who says that's a sign of weakness, I strongly disagree. It's a sign of courage that you ask for help. And that first phone call and conversation, sometimes I say, I actually don't think you need me or there's somebody else better for you. Um, so it's not just the, the key is asking for help and identifying that you need some outside help. That's, that's great advice. And then what was the one, one thing you were going to tell the listeners that they could, yeah. they could use right away yeah. to, to help? So the, the biggest thing that I would say, and this is for owners and the leadership team especially, and it's not a fun exercise, but it's a powerful one. For two weeks, have a pen and paper with you and track what you do every minute of the day. Every minute. If you go on social media for 10 minutes, if you're on a phone call for 45 minutes, if you're in a staff meeting, and keep a record of all of that for two weeks. At the end of the two weeks is identify, I think the simple, easy way of doing it is identify the activities that you could hire somebody at a certain dollar level. So for me, if I can hire somebody that's better at it than me for less than $50, I will do it. <laughs> $50 an hour, I should say, or $20 or whatever your metric is. Look at where you're spending your time. Is it moving you closer to your future company or is it keeping you in on the field doing? There's, there's a very popular saying as, are you working in the business or on the business? I love it. The, the business owners that are continuing to grow, it's actually a process of elimination of doing less and focusing more on the high value activities. When you look at, at your game film for the last, hey, all, all sports team look, look at yep. the game film. Love it. Look at your game film for the last two weeks. Where did you spend your time? Are you playing to your strengths? I'll tell you, I'm a, I still play beer league hockey. You you don't want me playing on defense because I'm terrible at defense, <laughs> right? Like I play, I can score goals, but you don't want me on defense. But then, how many of us in our in our day to day work are playing to our weaknesses? Play to your strengths. But first, we got to take a snapshot of where you are now. That's the one thing I would say everybody could do right away. I think it's great that you use the sports analogy because I think that's great too. Even on the ABC member, the membership side, we'll tell members that an ABC membership is like a gym membership. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, if you, I know I, I pay $30 a month to belong to a local gym. I never go. 
How come yeah. I'm not losing weight? Why, why am I getting <laughs> yeah. in shape? I, I buy, I, I pay for the gym every I month. I got the cool yeah, card. I, right? I, I do. Yeah. I got the cool card, right? How come I'm not losing weight? This is ridiculous. My wife, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're spending $30 a month for the gym. You never go. So the membership at ABC is like the same thing. We tell people when it comes time to renew, they'll say, no, nah, I'm not going to renew. I, I didn't get any out of it. Did you come to an event? Did you meet anybody? Did you network? Were you on the podcast? They go, no, I don't have time for that. And then it's like, well, then you're right. You know, but if you come to an event, and you come to a social thing where you can meet some people and they have a ton here every single year, whether it be an award ceremony or a networking event or a social thing with a golf tournament, you know, spend 500 bucks, sponsor, hold a golf tournament. People are going to see your sign that I know who you are, you know, sponsor the podcast. That's it. It's interesting you say that. I, I just spoke a couple of weeks ago in Hartford at the Snow and Ice Management Association Conference. And that's how I led was if you're here for yep. three days you are already investing into your future business. Yep. That tells me 10 things. But if you're always too busy to take that person out to lunch or to, like you said, the golf tournament or, or take a course, then we're never going to move the ball down the field. And so I, when I worked with this, this person, right, he had all, was paying all this money for these coaches and I, the coach was giving him advice and he wasn't taking it because he knew better than the coach. I kept saying, the coach is telling you, like he's, I'm want to listen. I want to grow. I want to make the business better. But like I said, you can't see that you can't read the label from the inside of the jar. I think it's a it's, great analogy. It's it comes down to act, taking action, and then reviewing and making adjustments. Love it. And then the, one of the things I want to talk about too is that, and this is another random fact about Sean, that he is the host of the world's number one <laughs> online show for people living with diabetes. It's called the Sugar Free Sean Show, <laughs> and I'm honored to be talking to a Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal uh, on winner of the award. Then. Yeah, and it's it's and for his volunteer work in the diabetes community. So, love you. Talked for a few minutes about that. Yeah, um, yeah. I live with type one diabetes, so there's a big difference between type one and type two diabetes. Um, I take insulin. I used to take uh, eight or nine injections a day, and then test my blood up to fifteen times a day. I'm now on an insulin pump, so it's it's interesting, Mike, because you know I I wear a pump that is on my belt buckle that gives me life. And I'll never forget, I was on an airplane a few years ago and my, the guy beside me was staring at this pump on my, on my belt. And I finally said, are you curious? Like, like I thought, it, you know, and I, I told him it's, it's an insulin pump that keeps me alive. I live with type one diabetes. And he said, oh, that must really suck. Sorry, man. And I'm like, no, you know, it really suck is if I didn't have it, right? Or, um, so yeah, I, I've done a lot of work and volunteer with type one diabetes. When you see, you know, kids, um, you know, four-year-old kids that can't sleep through the night because they have to get their blood checked twice a night. Um, when when you see, you know, they can't have the birthday cake at the party, and then mom and dad are worried about them twenty-four-seven. Um, yeah, it's something really close to my heart, and uh, so. The the sugar free Sean show was just kind of a, a, a play on words because I'm kind of fun and goofy and <laughs> and that came out of I used to speak at diabetes type one diabetes events and it was all this doom and gloom and you know we're gonna lose our limbs and we're gonna go blind and our life like all the doom and gloom and I thought what about some hope right. what about some inspiration what about all the heroes that are doing amazing things Ty Domi now of the Maple Leafs I'll give a Maple he lives with type one. Paco, who plays for the Rangers, he lives with type one. There's a couple of players in the NFL wow. with type one. And so I wanted to bring that hope and inspiration to people living with it and their families. 
All right, so this is Sean Shepard. He is a coach and business coach helping out small business, family-owned business. Sean, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that? So the easiest way is uh, LinkedIn. I'm there all the time. So I do a LinkedIn Live every Monday morning, 8.30 a.m. Um, you don't even have to go on camera for it for everybody else. They can just watch. Shepard is uh, S-H-E-P-H-E-A-R-D, extra vowel, and Sean is S-H-A-W-N. Um, websites, my name.com. And, uh, that's the, the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. And he's out there. He helps, uh, he's actually helping some companies here in Massachusetts. So it's, he has a presence here in the Commonwealth. So reach out to him if you need any help with your business, but now it comes to everybody's, everybody's <laughs> favorite part of the podcast. It may be someone else's 75th, but it's my favorite. We're going to ask you 10 rapid fire questions. Here we go. Uh, the zombie apocalypse is coming. Who are three people you want on your team? You can pick anybody you want on your team. Uh, well, definitely Tom Brady. Um, see, I'm I'm gonna go with that. Um, I probably want um, Clint Eastwood. Ooh. Um, that'd be pretty tough, dude. And I would also want the Hulk, Lou Ferrigno. All right, so we've got Lou Ferrigno, Tom Brady, and Clint Eastwood. That's quite the team. No one's yeah, ever had those yeah. three combinations before. <laughs> uh, have you ever been told you look like someone famous, and who was it? Yes, I have. And uh, my wife will still joke about this. We were on vacation in the Dominican Republic, came out of the pool with my hair all wet back, and somebody thought I was Charlie Sheen. So oh, good, um, good for you. Yeah, oh, I don't know if that's you. good or bad, but yeah, true story. Uh, what would be the most surprising scientific discovery imaginable? Oh, a cure for diabetes. That one's easy for me. Love it. <laughs> yeah. That was perfect. Perfect setup for you. Uh, what would your talent be if you were Miss? Or Mr. World? Mr. Mr. World. Yeah, what would your talent uh, it be? It definitely wouldn't be flexibility. It definitely would not be the bathing suit. <laughs> uh, I would say I would be the one that is the most well-read. I like reading a lot of books. Love it, love it. Um, uh, what fictional family would you be a member of? So what make the, Flintstone. the Flintstones. Oh, the, or the no Flintstones. The Flintstones. <laughs> I just... I just think it's so cool that you would drive a car with your feet. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, what fictional world or place would you like to visit? Oh, that's a that fictional world or place. Um, I, I think I go to space. I'm not a big science uh, fiction guy, but uh, you know, I, I'd like to go on a spaceship and uh, probably Star Trek, one of the the Enterprise. That'd be cool. Love it. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, are you a cat or a dog person? Oh, dog, 100%. Uh, weirdest food you've ever eaten? Weirdest food I've ever eaten? Um, I've had cricket powder and a protein shake. <laughs> uh, how was that? Uh, let's just say it was a one-time purchase. <laughs> uh, if you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Oh, that is a really good, I see the immediate answer would be San Diego, because I love Cal San Diego, California. But if it's anywhere in the world, I'm going to go uh, somewhere in Asia, like Korea, Thailand, somewhere really exotic that I haven't been. Uh, if you could, if you're the host of your own late night talk show, who would your first guest be and why? <laughs> Oh, so I I would want Ron Burgundy, but Ron Burgundy in character, not just Will Ferrell. 
that line from uh, Anchorman of, you know, I'm kind of a big deal is a running joke here. So. I love it. Uh, and then uh, how do you like your coffee? Uh, two cream, no sugar. Love it. All right. That's my friend, Sean Shepard. Uh, you'll see in my background, I've got my uh, box of cereal. It's the Brad Marsh and Munch. It's called the Marsh Munch. You know, Michael, the funny thing about that, our friends at Cassidy Paving, when I was there in the winter, bought boxes, Dan at Cassidy Paving, bought boxes of March Munch for everybody in the Did group. Really? Uh, and then uh, Stop and Shop here in Massachusetts was selling uh, David Pastanak pasta. I've seen that yep. too. Yep. Hey, you know, you, you know, they got to make some money off the ice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got, uh, you know, one of our ABC members, name is Jim Abbott. He was, uh, he got drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins right out of high school, I guess. So he played in the minor leagues and I got a hockey puck signed by Jim Abbott back then. So, oh, that's uh, very yeah, he, cool. Yeah. He played in the minor leagues a couple of years. He's a, you know, great guy. He's a financial guy now for ABC Mass. He's nice. a friend of mine. And I had him, he's in the office. Yesterday. I had him sign a puck. He goes, I haven't signed anything in. 30 years for God's sakes. It's on my puck. Boom, and you right. probably made his day too. I love so it. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. And so back to I got my Wade Bob's baseball. I got a Ray Bork autographed golf ball back there. I know you're oh, a Ray nice. Bork fan. Yeah. I bought that. It's a autographed uh, title of 77 golf ball autographed by Ray Bork. So that's nice. what we got going on here. But I appreciate you coming on. Um, if anybody needs to get a hold of you, reach out to Sean. We'll we'll throw the, the you know on LinkedIn, we'll throw his information up here on the LinkedIn information. But if anybody has any questions for Sean, reach out to him. Sean. You're the best. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Hey, go, go bees. And uh, anytime, Michael, thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Sean Shepard, business coach for family run businesses. We can definitely, um, you know, let our, our folks at Plum House and Propar know about his services and they can, they can reach out to him for advice, anything that they need in regard to their business. Um, coming up for trainings in July, we only have one training. It's signal certification and basic rigging safety. That's on July 22nd from 7 to 3.30 at our Woburn office. Um, we're not going to go into August and September. We can do that for next episode. Um, but now for one of our favorite, favorites new segments and i feel like we're always making new segments here this is what we're about we have so many ideas it's the mailbag you got mail and we do get some mail here so we'll tear this letter open here i'm gonna open this letter here and this is from john out of holbrook massachusetts and he asks uh when does the registration open for the school year starting in september and i'm gonna throw it over to kayla kayla uh, let's answer John's question. When does registration open for back to school? Yeah, it's a great question. So John out in Holbrook, John, John, registration opened on June 19th. That was early bird registration for two weeks. Um, and now we're into just regular registration. So regular registration is now open. Definitely get in there before all of the seats fill up. Um, there are a lot of classes and tra specific trays that are filling up fast. And they're, you know, you want to make sure that you get in on that. You can register online. You can go on to gwgci.org, click on the little yellow button that says register today, and you can look through our course catalog and you can register for classes for the fall. Um, just get in on that, guys. Yeah, don't wait. Don't, don't wait till do August wait. or September because the classes will uh, fill up awfully quick. Absolutely. And now for our 25th favorite segment. 
we keep adding segments like we're doing. We're gonna this, it will be the 25th favorite. Let's just uh the, the now the news. Uh this week's weekly update sponsored by Kenny and Sam's and Patriot Benefit Services. Uh the ABC featured news of the week is from our chairman, chairperson Vera Vedabancourt, and she has um put something in the newsletter that says that ABC Massachusetts has launched building mass careers which is a 501c3 charitable organization to formalize our workforce development program and help provide our member companies with the qualified workers we also desperately need. If you or your company are looking for uh, some people and you want to reach out to Steve Sullivan to talk about some pre-apprenticeship things he's doing over at Medford Vocational School this summer, you can email steve at abcma.org. Uh, Massachusetts Secretary of Labor and Workforce Development Lauren E. Jones spoke to ABC members at a breakfast held on June 27th at the Burlington Marriott. Uh, several members attended. She talked about the administration's plans to increase workforce opportunities in Massachusetts, particularly in technical and vocational occupations such as construction. Uh, it was a great event held at the Burlington Marriott, and we want to thank the sponsors of the event, Medford Wellington Service Company, Plumhouse, Erlen Construction, and Atlantis Comfort Systems Corporation. Uh, let's see here. We are proud to announce that uh, Carol Fiola has uh, put together an event called The Last Blast of Summer and Associate Members Marketplace, taking place on August 31st from 4 to 7 at the Cove in Fall River, Mass. Uh, it's going to be a, a great event. It's going to be the end of the summer. Again, August 31st from 4 to 7 at the Cove in Fall River. Uh, the Building Your Foundation Contractor Fundamental Seminar Series is taking a bit of a break over the summer. They'll pick back up in September. And if you have not submitted your application yet for the Excellence in Construction Awards, uh, you can do that now. You can reach out to anybody on the ABC Mass team. Uh, proud to announce that Kayla Rodriguez Santiago, she did get promoted to Student Advisor. Advisor. Congratulations, Kayla. I know we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but just came out in the newsletter, made it more official. So congratulations. Uh, I know the apprenticeship department, the folks over there miss you a ton because you did so much work for them, but uh, they know you're going to go on and do great things. Uh, there is a open house and pictures in there. We had a, quite a few people attend the open house. Uh, the folks from Medford Wellington showed up. We had some members show up. We had some potential students show up and check out our space over in Woburn. So thanks to them. Uh, some member updates in the news. Kaplan heads list of July member anniversaries, and they've got 44 years to ABC Mass members. So congratulations to them. A uh, milestone anniversary for Charles D. Sheehy, Inc. of Avon. They've got 10 years as a member. Winthrop Wealth, same thing, five years as a member, so congratulations to them. Uh, Nauset completes tenant fit-out at 10 Winthrop Square. They've broken the ground on a Natick redevelopment. Congratulations to them. Okay. And then a uh, friend of the podcast, Patrick Andrews, Senior Vice President of Hospitality at the Haynes Group. They just recently broke ground on a new Mighty Squirrel tap room and brewery in the Boston's Fenway neighborhood. That's pretty exciting. And uh, congratulations to Groom construction uh they're working on the first baptist church of wakefield they had a fire a couple months back and they're uh starting to do that rebuild again if you want to be on the podcast reach out to myself mike at gwgci.org and if you want to put something in the newsletter announcements anniversaries employee announcements things like that you can email that information to communications at abcma.org so that puts the finishing touches on episode 80 we're slowly making our way to 100 making our way through the summer it is hotter than heck here we uh, love it though we love it <laughs> i love it i'm, gonna, we'll I'm leaving right now to go jump in my pool my neighbor's pool across the street so if you need me i'll be in the pool hopefully they've got some wi-fi i can do a laptop do some work uh 
please, we appreciate everybody. Like, tag, share, follow, share with your friends. New episodes come out every week. We'd love to have your company come on with us. So until next time, see you next week. See you guys next week. <laughs>